So today, hello everyone, welcome to 86 Giving a Shit, a podcast where a person that does not work in the restaurant industry and never has, talks about what it would be like if he did, which is me. I'm a financial advisor, I work for banks and financials, I do a lot of stocks and uh, bonds, some sexual, some not, giggity. But yeah, so oftentimes I'd like to imagine what it would be like in a restaurant. But as I do this, I notice that there's things that apply to an industry that apply to life and other industries. And even things that are not related to industries, they still do apply. Because obviously, common sense is not that common, but it is still common sense. So if you have any of it, you have all of it. You know, just apply that little common sense that you do have to everything you do. And then you'll be, you know, common sensible, I guess. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I had a couple of points, is trust. All right. Trust isn't just cut and dry. Trust isn't just trust. There's different types of trust. All of them have to be earned. Some can be earned by experience. Some can be earned by word of mouth. Some can be earned by feeling, I guess. But for the most part, it's the first two. So what's trust? Trust is something that is sacred to us. It's something very, very valuable, and it's something that we should not, you know, give out freely. And most of us do. So, for example, what's trust? Trust is Beck knowing that if I am working and somebody puts up a cheesecake that looks like a fucking cow sat on it, chewed it up, spit it out, and then put some whipped cream on the plate, I would not send that out. There's a fine line between what you're going to send out and what you shouldn't send out. Technically, all the chefs would immediately butt in right here and say, you shouldn't send anything out unless it's perfect. Okay, bro. What if the 20 top's already out and the sea bass just fell apart when the guy put it on the rice? There's nothing wrong with the plate other than the fact that this fish, piece of fish just cracked in half when the guy put it on the rice and you don't have any more cooked. And now 19 people are eating except for the host that ordered the sea bass, which should have been served first anyway, but that's not the point. What are you going to do? You're going to cook another bass and make him wait another 10 minutes? Or are you going to try to fix it any way you can and make it look presentable enough for the guests to appreciate it? Most likely you would do the latter. And if you wouldn't, shut the fuck up. You're lying to yourself and to me. You would never let the party go out. Okay, well, what if it did? Because shit happens. Yes, shit happens is one of those things that trust sometimes falls through the cracks. Because that's where the fine line is drawn. But for the most part... Beck trusts me to know that if a cheesecake came up that looked like shit, I wouldn't send it. In fact, he demonstrated that to me once when I said something to another co-worker of the restaurant that I don't work in. We have this website, WhatsApp actually, WhatsApp group that we post all the pictures that we make, we post on the, the website. And one of the pictures was from a different location and the guy posted a cheesecake and it looked like shit. Like it wasn't cut, it was cut when it was still warm, the knife wasn't wiped, the fucking, the, the strawberries were like, I don't know, it was just all fucked up. It looked kind of like the cheesecake on the picture, but it looked like a cow sat on it, spit it up and shoot it out. And one of the other chefs from another location commented on the bottom in front of everyone and said, wow. Like, clearly like, wow, holy shit, I can't believe you posted that to everyone to see. Maybe the guy that posted it wasn't aware that it looked like shit, although you would have to be blind to not be aware of it. But maybe it was just because he's the only thing he had and he was being pushed to put up something, which is probably the, the likely story. But whatever it is, he, showed, he took the chance to post it. Now, if that were me, I wouldn't have posted it. And if they were pushing me to post it, I'd be like, I'm not going to post it until it looks good enough for everyone to see. Period. Nobody's waiting for this cheesecake 
It's just a fucking post. Calm the fuck down. So I was talking to the, the other chef, I, I, the one that said, wow. I, you know, I commented on him and I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome that you said wow. He's like, I can't believe you put that up. I was like, dude, if I put up some shit like that, Beck would fucking drop whatever he's doing, drive over here and shoot me in the head. And then the guy said, if you put up some shit like that, I would drive and shoot both of you in the head. And I'd be like, I, I get it. And when but I told Beck that, he's like, you see, that's what I'm fucking talking about. He's like, you see, like the way you said that, he goes, I wouldn't, if I put up, Beck would kill me. So like, he knows that my care for the food that goes out is just as good, is, is equal to or greater than his. I'm pretty sure it's not greater than. I'm pretty sure it's equal to. You know what I mean? With the fine lines in, in being drawn for a reason because sometimes shit does happen and sometimes you have to do, you have to send out stuff that is less than perfect. Not by a lot, but less than perfect to the point where the guest doesn't even need to notice it. Like we notice it, but the guest doesn't. So that's trust. So Beck can trust me that if he's not there, that if I'm working, the food that goes out is going to be 99.9% the way he would want it to be. Because sometimes I can't see certain things that go out. If I see an au gratin potato come out with a burnt top, I say, give me another au gratin potato. In this case, I don't have to worry about the rest of the table being out because it's just a side. They could wait for a side. It's fine. But I don't want to send a shitty au gratin potato for three reasons. One, it's not the right way to do it, period. That should be the only reason. But this is, this is the fine line. If I look at that potato and I say, it's not that burnt, we can do it. The same thing that the servers will do with the, with the dragons and the chickens and shit when I tell them it's okay, the line cooks will do as well. The line cook probably has more than one of those potatoes that are like that because he's got a whole batch of them that he cooks at once. So if I sent that one out, that one's okay. Chef sent that one out. It means it's good. It means I could burn it a little bit more next time and maybe then he'll say no. He's not trying to make me say, you know, take it back. He's trying to see what he can get away with because sometimes you fuck up. So if I let that one go out, the next one that'll come up will be even darker. And if I let that one go out, the next one will be even darker. Not the next one like right away, but the next one a couple of days from then when he fucks up again. So the second reason for that being is I don't want to, I need to keep the cooks in line for them to know when I'm working or when all of us are working that the stuff comes out the way we need it to come out. And if it's not going to come out that way, then you have to redo it. Period. And if the line cook gives me shit for it, oh, it's going to take 10 more minutes for an gratin potato, I tell him, you're on the saute station. Why would it take you 10 minutes for an gratin? Because he's got to cook. It's going to be cold. Well, that's because it's pre-prepped in the container. But if you took the ingredients, heated heat them up in the saute pan, put them inside of the container that's preheated as well, then topped it with cheese, it would take two minutes, maybe three. So fuck off. Do it. Or don't get the fuck out. And it's funny to me because as much shit as the line cooks talk, like as much crap, because they do, they do, they talk a lot of shit. Like I work in, or I don't work in Manhattan. It's the busiest, it's the center of the world as far as I'm concerned in terms of culinary. So like the people that we work with are pretty fucking good at what they do. They have to be because they work in the busiest place in the world. So with good talented people comes sometimes cocky attitudes and shit talking and I can't believe this guy didn't prep this, yada, 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 yada. I get it. But as much shit as any of them talk, when the, when the voice from me comes to them and says, if you don't like this, you can get the fuck out. Get out. No one does. Whenever I've said that to any cook in this restaurant, they've all shut up and done their job. That's the, that, was, that was the last sentence of the conversation, is you can get the fuck out. None of them have left, but none of them have kept going. 
Why? Because they didn't want to call my bluff. Because they didn't want to see what would happen if they walked out. Because they know what would happen if they walked out. If they walked out, I would continue to work the station. Or I would put somebody else in charge of their station that can, I think that can do it. And then they would walk out. Do, are they going to come back tomorrow? I don't know. That's, that's, the, that's the gamble that they have to take. Most likely, no. Because if I told you to get the fuck out of the kitchen and you left despite not doing your work because you have a choice I said you could do this or get the fuck out if they chose to get the fuck out then that's it they're done I'm not going to have them back in the kitchen they would have to go through Beck they would have to go through Scotty and all kinds of other shit for them to be able to come back in which case Scotty and Beck would text me and I'd be telling them what happened and they'd be like fuck you get the fuck out you know because they have my back just like I have theirs so the reason is is because they know that I'm capable of doing what they're doing without breaking a sweat like if the fish guy decides to talk shit and I tell him get the fuck out and he leaves, I could work fish from my house. That's the easiest station in the fucking restaurant. It's a steakhouse. It's fish. Hello? I could work it not even coming to work. You know what I mean? Like, so they all know that. But in order for you to be able to say that line, get the fuck out, you need to be able to walk the walk. You can't just talk the talk and then not walk the walk. I mean, you can and it'll get you by pretty far. But one of those days, somebody's going to call your bluff. And you're going to be caught with your pants down. And then you're going to be an idiot. Because now you sent the guy home. You can't manage the station. And your whole fucking place went down. You still did the right thing for sending him home. But now you look like an asshole. Because you can't even... You shouldn't... You know, you, basically, if you did it once and blew it, you wouldn't be able to do it again. Nobody would take you seriously. You wouldn't have to regain your trust. Show people that you're better than them and what they do. Listen, am I better a broiler than the, the broilers that we have? Probably. But not right now. Like right now, if you took me out of where I am and you put me into a broil station and I knew what I was going in for, then I would be just as good, if not better than them. But if it's like unexpected and I just get thrown into it, chances are they would fuck up too, you know? The whole point of being a chef or a sous chef is that you've been all the line cooks. You're better than all of the line cooks at what they do, no matter how good they are. You are better. And that is the case. Well, I can say for myself personally, that is the case. The only thing is I don't have like, I need a warm up. So if you put me on any station, I need like one shift, maybe, maybe tops to like kind of get the feel of it. We'll see what's going on. And that happened with me broil. Like I was broiling, I was broiling the other day, like, like a couple of months ago, I was broiling for a part for like a, a night that they needed me because we were getting really, really busy. And I started broiling and it was already busy. So I just got a bunch of tickets and the cutter who like distributes the meat to the broilers gave me, I think five out of the eight tickets for a big party. Usually we split the party between all the broilers. So broiler one gets ticket one, two, three, four, so on and so forth. And then two, three, four, and then the broiler one, it gets five, six, seven, eight, and so whatever it is. So usually one broiler has one or two tickets for the party tops. I think this was a 40 top or 60 top, and I got five out of the eight tickets. So when Beck was expediting, he's like, he's like, put up the party. So we started putting up the party. Somebody put up the first ticket, and then I started putting up the, somebody put up the second ticket, and then I was the rest, or whatever it was. So, like, I was putting up the third, he goes, where's table 235? And I was like, I got it. He's like, you have it? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, 236, 238, 230. So I had, like, most of this party. And Beck was like, what the fuck? And, there were, and then I asked the cutter, why'd you do that? And he said, because the other brothers had way too much shit. Like, you're the, you just jumped on, you had nothing, and then you had all this party come in, so I just gave you most of the party. And I actually, Beck, if you're listening... That might not be a bad idea. I know that we do that sometimes, but that might not be a bad idea. It's to like have broiler four on and then just give one party 
to that one broiler and that's it. Because then that one broiler has to focus on the 40 top. Yes, it's 40 steaks. It's not gonna come out in one fashion like we do normal parties. But at the same time, it's not gonna come out that sporadic. If it's one broiler working on 40 like people on four tables, he could have the whole party ready. He could just line it up one after the other. Like, they run it, they run it, you know? And I think that'll help with flow because then they don't have to worry about other two tops being fired before or after it. I don't know, maybe it's something to think about during season. But the trust here is what I'm talking about. The trust here is that they trust that I'm going to do their shit better than them. And that's earned. The trust that Beck has that I can run the restaurant the way he would like it to be run and the food will go out the way it should be and the people will prep the shit that they should prep. I earned that because over time and time again, I've proved to him that, you know, that is the case. If I just walked on from the beginning and told him I like South Park and I told him, you know, like I like guns and shit, he'd be like, oh, okay, he's a cool kid, but I don't know if I could trust him with running in the restaurant because I don't know how, how, how he works. Everybody would tell him, no, he's great, he's amazing, yeah, it's great, but I don't trust you, the person telling him about it. If you don't trust that person, how the fuck are you going to know to trust the other one, right? So that's something that we should, like, rein in in terms of shelling it out and just blindly trusting people to do stuff that they're supposed to do. Oh, that's his job. What do you mean he didn't do it? Yeah, that's his job. He didn't do it. Wow, what a novel, what a fucking idea. Somebody that didn't, didn't do their job. That never happens ever, right? Hmm. Then there's another type of trust. A type of trust that people give out to you on purpose so that you could potentially fuck up and then take advantage of it. So, for example, say, say a friend asks you to help him out. He's like, I need to have, a, I'm, going out of, I'm going out of state for a while and I, have, I just moved into a new apartment and I have these mirrors that I want you to hang up. I have six mirrors that are like, let's say like 36 by 24. That's how big the mirrors are. I have six of them. I want you to hang them up around my, so a couple of my living room and a couple of my bedroom. And you're like, yeah, sure, no problem, whatever. He's like, I'll throw you 200 bucks for it. You're like, yeah, sure, sure. I would have done it for free, but thanks. And he's like, yeah, okay. So you know, I'm like, where would you like them hung up? Like, where in the rooms do you want them hung up? And the guy will be like, eh, I trust you, whatever. He does not trust you. There's no way that that person could, even if it's your best friend, actually, maybe unless he's your like twin brother and best friend for years and years and years, even then still, he doesn't trust you to hang up the mirrors because what's going to happen is, unless you hang up the mirrors exactly how he had it visualized in his head, it's not going to be the way he likes. Unless, of course, you're a better mirror hanger than him and you're more aesthetically like feng shui enough to hang them so good that, that his thing would be like, his, like his original opinion would be obsolete and he'd be like, wow, this guy's so much smarter than me. He hung them exactly the way they should be hung. You're right. Unless you teach them something, you know, they're not going to be trusted. They're not going to trust you and you're going to fail. So that's a different type of trust. That's a trust that could only pretty much happen with people that have been together for decades and decades and decades. Like I trust him not to tell a secret. But to whom? So if there's three of us that are friends, really close friends, and then there's three other ones that are in our group of friends but not as close, the three of us could tell each other secrets knowing that we won't tell the outside three. But I can't tell the outside three a secret that I, they're not going to tell the inside three because they probably are. Because your trust depends on who you're going to tell. There is no one on this planet that holds a secret with them to their grave. Maybe a couple, but it's all usually about themselves. The whole thing about trust is when you have someone's trust, you have to learn how to bend it, but not break it. 
Like somebody confides in you and tells you something, like I'm really depressed, I have no friends, I wish I had a girlfriend, blah, 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 right? But don't tell anyone, I don't want anybody knowing about this. You're like, of course, like I tell you because I trust you, you know, because I want, you know, but there's a reason that they're telling you that. If somebody's telling you that like, they're depressed and they don't have any friends, other than you, obviously, and they're saying to you, don't tell anyone, but I'm trusting you to tell you this, why would they tell you this if they didn't want you to help? Maybe telling you this was just helping them already because they're venting, probably. But they're also telling you this because they want your help. So you're going to have to somehow break, or not break, but bend their trust in terms of telling someone else that this person who needs a friend. You know, Obviously, you don't say, this guy needs a friend to go be his friend. You don't fucking make him sound like an asshole and desperate, desperate and shit. But you can maybe align things in a way to where this person introduces the other person to someone or they meet somehow or something happens to where the first person that gave you their trust and told you that they're lonely would maybe not even know that you did it but if they did know they would know that you did it in a way that didn't break their trust like I didn't tell anybody that you were lonely I didn't even give them the notion that you were lonely I just set up a meeting to where you guys met and then you guys carry on and now you guys hit it off you guys are great you're getting married I'm going to be your ring bearer awesome it all happened because I bent your trust and I told you and I told her or him, whatever, to meet each other at some places. And now you guys dated. And blah, 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 blah. If you never would have told me that, if you never would have confided in me and gave me your trust, this never would have happened. And you maybe, maybe, you know, hurt yourself or God forbid something else happened because you were so depressed. So the person that gave me the trust in telling me those things, when he said, don't tell anyone else, I trust you. He didn't trust me not to tell anyone. He trusted me not to tell anyone so that they would know what it is so like it's not that he didn't trust me to that I would hold take the secret to the grave he didn't want me to take that secret to the grave he wanted me to keep it a secret but at, you know at the same time leave it open to the public because maybe he didn't know how well obviously he didn't know how because he wouldn't have been lonely if he did so there's certain trusts that you could bend all trusts actually you should probably bend because if there's somebody that trusts you with something it's because they're hiding it from someone else there's no reason to be trustworthy of one person and not another person unless you have something to hide from the person that you don't trust i'm not going to tell everybody where i keep my money but i'm going to tell you where i keep my money because i'm hiding it from everyone else i trust you so i know you're not going to take it you know what i mean but at the same time if you know where i keep my money and you know someone else is about to go into the house and break in and steal it but you can't tell the, the thief because you know him too that's your dad your dad's going to come into my house and steal my money you told me that you would never tell anybody where my money is. But you know the dad's coming to steal it. And I'm in a coma. Okay? What do you do? You go into my house, you take the money, and you hold it on your shelf. When your dad comes in and robs the house, doesn't find it, or finds whatever else he finds, you know, then you put the money back. Obviously, this is a scenario that shouldn't ever happen, but still, you know what I mean, you know? So you could bend someone's trust, but not break it. And in the restaurant industry, trust is a word that gets used very, very loosely. You know? Like, for instance, the other day, and your, her, her eminence is back, by the way. Her eminence is back and working with us, and she's already on her shit, and it's great. I love her for it, but I also, like, it's also super annoying sometimes. Like, the other day I was placing a dry goods, not dry goods, but, like, the disposables order, like the plastic forks, knives, and bags and shit, and there was something in the cart that was, like, a $26 item for mildew removal. But for some reason, this company is fucking super awesome, and this is another thing of trust, and that they uh, charge $300 to ship this item. 
So this same company, if they don't have something and you're ordering cleaner A, B, and C, and they don't have A, they'll send you B and C, but they won't send you A. And they won't say anything about it. It won't be on the invoice. They just won't send it. So the person, the next person is like, oh, well, we still don't have the cleaner, so I'm going to order it again. Hit it again. Again, it's still, it's still out of stock, so they don't send it. Third time, same thing. Fourth time, same thing. So six weeks goes by. We've been ordering this one product for six weeks straight because we haven't gotten it because it's been out of stock. On the seventh week, when it comes back into stock, the company sends us all seven products. Now, from the company's standpoint, it's like, well, we knew you needed it because you ordered it seven times. So we sent you all the stuff that you ordered. But that's terrible business. That's such a piece of shit way of doing things because unless our pars for this cleaning item that we've never bought this much in our lives has skyrocketed by sixfold, we obviously don't need six of these products and we've been ordering it every week because you motherfuckers didn't have it. Oh, but you know, you kept ordering it so we kept sending it and fuck you, you motherfuckers. And then if you don't have it, you don't tell us about it. You just kind of just don't have it. But in this case, the $26 cleaner had $300 worth of shipping on it. So this $26 product got sent for 15 times its worth just to send it the next day. Nobody needs a $26 cleaning product that bad. No one. And the company knows this. They're fully aware of it. And they say that they make it evident when you place the order that, you know, there's shipping involved with it. But it's not because they're shipping on the other $1,000 of stuff that I have is free. But this one is $300 for 26 bucks. It's a terrible way to do business. I think it's completely sh- like bullshit. And that being said, that's not what happened here. What happened here is her eminence placed the order, but she left it in the cart. She didn't actually send the order because I'm sure that when she saw it, or when she clicked to send that one product, it said, we're going to charge you $300 worth of shipping. So she didn't order it, but she didn't delete the product from the cart. She left it in the cart. Why? Why would you leave a product in the cart knowing that the shipment was $300? And this is, mind you, her eminence said afterwards in an email thread, that if she knew the shipping was this much, she never would have ordered it. And she didn't. She's absolutely right. But what she did lie about was that she knew, she didn't know about the shipping. She knew about how much the shipping was. That's why she didn't order it. Because if she didn't know, she would order it, right? Why would she leave it in the cart? What's the point of leaving something in the cart if the shipping is $300? It's so that someone else could tack on a bunch of shit to it and then ship the whole order. And then maybe the shipping charge would get overlooked. The shipping is usually free when you order a lot of stuff, so it is overlooked. And I did place the order, fuck yeah, but I thought we needed the product. And to tell you the truth, the order was like $3,000, so I thought $300 worth of shipping, I didn't even look twice. But I shouldn't have had to, it shouldn't have been in the cart. And if it's in the cart, you should have ordered it already. And if you didn't order it because there's a high shipping, you shouldn't leave it for other people to get fucked. Because now you could say you didn't do it. Give me a break, come on. And if you're so good at lying, just tell the, call the company and tell them you never got the product. And then the company will have to give us all back. Boom, there it is, problem solved. So like the trust thing here is like that person that, that, that left the thing in the cart, right? She lost her trust in that she lied about it afterwards. Even leaving that product in the cart that leads me to believe that she wanted somebody to get fucking, not, not, she didn't want to get anybody in trouble. She wanted that particular product, but she didn't want to take the rap for it. That particular product, it could have been bought anywhere. We could have bought it at Home Depot for $28. But the point is, is the trust thing here is, and that was my fault for shelling it out too much. Like I trusted the person that left the item in the cart to not, you know, screw the next person over. I shouldn't have done that. And I shouldn't have to like watch that in a place that I work. Like I shouldn't have to worry about who I can trust and who I shouldn't trust. For example, like Scotty and I, 
Scotty um, asked me the other day, he's like, did you use my computer? And I said, yeah. And he's like, were you looking at files for evaluations of people? And I was like, what? Evaluations? No, I use it for hot schedules because your computer has an awesome monitor that you can see the entire week instead of scrolling up and down. It's got more like space on it. You know, that's the only reason I ever use this computer. Other than that, and when maybe like the, uh, the system goes slow when I'm doing inventory so I could pull up multiple reports at once. But I told him, I was like, Scotty, if I wanted to look at someone's evaluations, I would text you, call you, or find you and be like, hey, can I see this person's evaluation? And you'd be like, sure. And then I would look at it and then that would be it. Because first of all, I don't even know what the evaluations are on your computer. And second of all, like I said, like I have trust in you that you would let me see it. So I would ask you because I trust you. But somebody, I guess, was looking at it, left them open, and Scotty got pissed because it's his fucking computer. Why are you looking through my shit? You're snooping. And they, like the snoop wasn't even being a good snoop because they fucking left it open. Maybe they didn't think they were snooping. Maybe they thought it was an all access for everyone. But clearly, if it's employee evaluations, unless you are the executive or the GM or somewhere along those lines, you shouldn't be looking at evaluations of other employees. It's none of your fucking business. Don't even look at yours. You had yours when you got it. So... In that sense, it's like that trust that Scotty had in everyone not to look through his shit. Unfortunately, it was broken. And now he's got to lock his files, which is another thing that you should never have to do in a place you work. You shouldn't have to lock things up because people are stealing them. You shouldn't have to, you know, if somebody finds headphones, like Beats headphones in the locker room, they should bring it to the office and say, hey, I found these. Whose are these? Because if you take them, you're a fucking piece of shit. And you shouldn't only get fired, you should get your fucking ass kicked. So yeah, trust. Peace out.